Welcome to the Use What You Got podcast brought to you by Red Patch Outdoors. I'm your host, Jed Luther, with co-hosts Ethan Pateman and Jared Pateman. Alright, like we said, this is the Use What You've Got podcast. And we're going to be talking about hunting, fishing, and pretty much anything outdoors. And how the best way to do it is to use what you've got. Um, So our reason behind wanting to start this podcast is because the three of us, myself, Ethan, and Jared, have all kind of worked our way through the podcast space and found it a little bit lacking. Um, A lot of it, they they tell these real fancy stories about going down and hunting Nilgai, and it really makes me want to do that. And then I look at the price tag, and I'm like, man, I don't have $10,000 to spend right now. That's not going to happen. So... This is a podcast from the common man to the common man. Yeah, and to Jed's point there, guys, we're Jed's a student working towards an accounting position. I'm a full-time construction worker. Jared's a graphic designer. We are not the guys that are doing this for a living. We are the average Joe working 9 to 5, weekend warrior types, and just trying to fix See if there's anything we can say in, you know, throughout our ramblings of this podcast that might help you provide a better opportunity for yourself or another opportunity for yourself to go out and enjoy the outdoors and, you know, become a successful hunter or fisherman or outdoorsman, whatever you want to do. Yeah, the goal for all of us, basically, is to spend as much time out in the woods as humanly possible. I know I don't have an unlimited (laughs) hunting budget. Um, it's usually pretty small, but uh, I think I managed to spend 30, 40 days in the woods this year, and it was a busy year. So yeah, that was pretty impressive, honestly. I think a lot of it is, that we're going to be talking about on this is is that kind of stuff, like how to do that, how to maximize your small budget, how to maximize your small amount of time. So the things that we're going to be <clears throat> talking about will be how to how to extend your seasons. How to extend your season, and that'd be through financially more tags, giving you guys honest to God, this is the gear we use, not because they're sponsoring us, we we don't have any sponsors. Um, It's the gear that we use, and how we use that gear's policies, etc. You know, I use Solomon Boots because they have an amazing two-year warranty that I beat the hell out of them, and they sent me a new pair in two years. Um, you know, things like that where I've only spent 180 bucks on a bomber pair of Gore-Tex boots. Um, so those little tips, tricks, things that can help extend your season, extend your budget, and hopefully let you have some fun. I think one of the best ways to illustrate it, too, is uh, the first day that I met Ethan, we started talking about hunting, and immediately... Um, he had a ton of great accidental advice. I don't think he realized he was giving it to me. Um, Which they both now hate that when we go hunting, I give accidental advice to people, and all of a sudden people are in our hunting spots. I don't think that's accidental. I'm pretty sure when you walk up, you wave down a truck, and you say, <laughs> Oh my God, you will not believe the size of the bull that I saw over that hill at 10 o'clock every morning for the last four days. It was crazy. It, it was is crazy. A, it's information that's never asked for and always given. <laughs> Um, I don't I don't see the problem with this. <laughs> so I grew up in central North Dakota. Uh, I've been hunting since I was a little kid. And then as, a, as an adult, I moved out to Montana for college. 
And the first three or four years that I lived here, I didn't kill anything. And I couldn't figure out the regs. I couldn't figure out how to hunt in this new environment. I was used to really easy hunting in North Dakota, hunting on private land. So I was not prepared for this. Um, yeah, so Jed and I, we met through my wife's work. He was brewing for a local brewery here, actually. And my wife was pouring beer for them. And I came in after work one day, and we were sitting there talking. And I've been in Montana since 1997. Um been hunt I've hunted my whole life in this state so I'm I'm very accustomed to the regs I hunt almost entirely on public land I think I've only truly hunted private land once in my life there's a gentleman that's a family friend that allowed us to shoot whitetail on his property I shot one deer on that property um, but you know, we started talking and I told Jed is like yeah I shot three does last year and he goes, how did you shoot three does? I said, well, I, I bought the 260.01 doe tag. It's an over-a-counter tag that they have here in Montana that for 10 bucks for a resident, I can use it in five districts. It's an archery-only restricted tag, but I shot three does that year with my bow. And it also extends your season. You start at the beginning of archery season, and you can go until mid-January. So those were the kind of little things that you, I feel like you don't pick up on naturally all by yourself. And you just kind of got to have somebody nudge you in the right direction. Um, my first hunt with these two guys, uh, was that your first elk in Montana, Jared? Yeah. The cow, the other, not last year. Was it last year or two the year before? Year before last. Two yeah, years two years ago. That was the first, after <coughs> several, yeah, several years of coming up here, that was my first Montana elk, first elk ever. Um not my first kill with a bow, but most memorable and largest. It definitely set me up for unrealistic expectations. <laughs> uh, and we'll talk about that story later. <laughs> um, but, Jared, um, give a little background um, on you. Graphic designer from California. <clears throat> Been shooting bows the majority of my life. Recurve longbows. Um Ethan's my cousin, got me into compound bows six years ago. Something like that. Seven years ago, maybe. Um, always wanted to come up to Montana, go hunting, then just got into my mind to do so, went out, bought a bear. Can't even remember the, remember the model. Just basic setup bow. <clears throat> Started shooting with that every day. Got comfortable. 20, 30, 40, 50, came out here, harvested a doe first year. After that, just hooked. Um, spent a lot of money on tags, hunting non-res in Montana. <clears throat> After that first year, went back, hunted a lot of pigs in California, both archery, rifle, a lot of bird hunting. Yeah, and every year coming back up here, going after screaming bulls and trying to get a buck. <laughs> Although uh, getting little bucks, <laughs> but <laughs> you've gotten two. I've gotten bucks because their antlers quote, were bucks. over four inches tall. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you're. I remember you texted me in like May or something. Yeah, and said, "Hey, I want to come hunting this fall." And I was like, "Okay, well, call, make sure you can get a tag." And you know, being as he was just going for non-resident, I, I've never drawn a special tag, and so 
I told him it's no point to try to draw a special tag if you want to hunt elk. Um, and four months later, we were <laughs> driving in, in the truck, driving yeah. up to go set up camp, and we get there and we forget the tent poles. And, With lightning crashing. And there's a giant us. storm <laughs> rolling in, so we actually ended up driving back home that night and went up behind the house opening day of archery that year. But, yeah, so that's, I mean, it's just one of those things. We just tried to use what we had and go out and see what we could make happen. Yeah, and that 261 tag. <clears throat> 260. Or 260 tag that uh, started extending my season. It kind of led me into doing a lot more research, too, and realizing that you can hunt all year. Like, there's only, like, three months of the year that you're not hunting some kind of big game. Yeah, it's May through August 15th, I think. Yeah, Although June, August, um, June, July, half of August, and what, February? Can you hunt anything in February? No, I don't. You can do, like, predator. Ducks or if you, you well, Yeah. Yeah, I guess you could, you well, could probably Ducks in January 20th, no. Yeah. yeah, you can chase mountain Wolves lions. are all year, aren't they? No. Wolves are specific seasons and trapping or shooting. Is it? I don't know too much about those rigs because I don't. None of us trap. Try it. No. Or wolf hunting rigs, sorry. I, I'm too lazy to chase. It's the wolves. one thing that you will not hear us talk about is trapping. <clears throat> yep. Um, yeah, yep. so then, Jed, I guess you're... After we had this conversation that next year, you know, we go... We go hunting with Jared. You know, take Jed out. That was third week of season. I think it was the second weekend. Second weekend of season. Mm-hmm. And... The next weekend, you didn't go back with us, but you went up and you filled one of the two sixty tags. Yep. Yeah. Well, and <clears throat> I get a random text in the middle of I don't know April or March, early March. I get a text from Ethan. You putting in for the nine hundred series antelope? I'm like, what is that? <laughs> oh, like, yes. Oh, it's an archery only tag, and you better be putting in for it because I'm putting in for it. I'm like, okay, count me in. I'm down. I didn't realize at the time that we'd start hunting August 15th. Yeah. And, which you were actually able to, because I had vacations and other things. You were out two weekends before I was able able to meet you. And I, I still hold a little bit of a grudge against my good friend Jed for this. His first ever archery kill is a freaking antelope. And you weren't there. And I wasn't there. I was there for the pack out. <laughs> The pack out. Quote I watched unquote. Ted drag this, an, you know, throw this antelope on his shoulders and carry it over the hill as I started to tried to run down three other goats. He did very good taking pictures for the gram. Yes. That. You got to do it for the gram. Got to. But so you know, it's just those things that he didn't. No one necessarily, you know, the nine hundred tag up here for antelope. It's they have four to five hundred extra every year. I mean, it's a guaranteed tag. You're Chances of filling it are... It's a guaranteed tag, and even for non-residents, it's not not super expensive. Like, it's not going to break your bank. It's a $200 tag, um, which in comparison to a big game combo is nothing. Um, and it gives you one more opportunity while you're out. It's a long shot <laughs> with a bow, but it's... it's a hell of a time. Hey, you know, if you, if you spend the money and you get that 900 tag and you spend a couple of weekends antelope hunting hard, you know, even if you don't get anything, like, man, are you warmed up 
to hear some elk screaming in those woods. It like knocks, it knocks the rust off pretty damn well. Yeah, I'd say it also puts a little bit of shine on there too, because you're yeah. like, if I'm going to take down an antelope, I got to have my bow dialed. You got to be dialed. dialed. Your movements have to be dialed. I mean, this Your year situational we went, awareness has got to be insane because oh. those things. The number of times that I got busted from like a mile away, all of a sudden I just hear. It doesn't like, even what? matter though if you're doing everything perfect. Go, we were doing everything correct. We had the wind. They didn't know we were there. I was 80 yards from them. I think Ethan snuck up to what 30, I was 40 yards. 40 yards of those. Animals. Had no idea we were there. And then all of a sudden, all of them are on point. I'm like, they can't see me, they can't smell me. And then a buck comes cresting the hill and crashes right in all of them and runs them two miles down the fucking ravine. So yeah, it's that was that, act of God. That was literally <laughs> an act of God saved these antelope, this one buck's life because we we put on a long stock on these antelope. We were out hunting southwest Montana. Saw these goats. We were actually looking at two goats that were like three miles off on top of a knob. And four bucks run across the road in front of us. They run across the road, down the draw, up the other side, and start feeding on the hillside. And pull out Onyx and look and... Well, this road wraps around. There's actually a road that comes down that... The ridge they're on. So we drove around, parked on top of the ridge, and... You know, couldn't see them yet, which was good, so we stayed low, popped up on high once we weren't in a vehicle. We were hiking at this point. Got glass on them, knew where they were, figured, all right, well, if we stay down low and just kind of keep them in eyesight, the haze is going to keep us shielded. They won't see us. Well, two does that we didn't see were in the, the bottom of the ravine. And antelope being antelope, they will never run the direction you want them to. Ever. These two does... See us snort blow and just take off running towards the other antelope. And we're like, fuck. Now this one's blown. And then another buck pops up. So there's a fifth buck out there that we never saw. He's on the ridge. Like, we can see the other group behind him. And he's two ridges towards us. He stops the does and takes him over the hill, like, the other side of this giant-ass draw. We're like, oh, Something's coming out right. Cool. So we, you know, there's this band of trees that Jared ended up setting up in. We get to there and no cover. I end up dropping down into the ravine, doing my best Spider-Man in the sagebrush. Get up this draw and I just remember I looked up and I saw a horn. I was like, all right, well, I'm five feet from this bush. I'm going to belly crawl to the bush. And then I can stand up and shoot him. I just look over and Jared's doing the surrender cobra on top of the <laughs> on top of the ridge and I'm like <clears throat> silently yelling at him thinking there's still antelope 30 yards away from me and I stand up like what the fuck are you doing and he goes you didn't see that I was like no and yeah it was, that other buck came in and ran him off mm-hmm. so you know it's th- those are the stories you can expect from this podcast right of we're going to tell you what's happened to us. You might learn something from it. You might think we're just a bunch of blowhards. But hopefully, you know, we can educate one of you. Definitely not professional hunters just giving honest opinions. 
unsolicited reviews and feedback on products and giving our tactics the best that we can. Yeah, the idea is to, like, this is meant to be serve in the place of where Ethan helped me out. Like, if it hadn't been for him, I would still just be hunting with my general tag and chasing to fill that one tag when now I buy eight or nine tags and if I fill half of them, that's more than my freezer can possibly hold instead of just going after that one. So... Yeah, your, your opportunities increase by six a year. That's yeah, 400% increase. Yeah, our main goal with this podcast is we're probably going to tell a lot of stories and there's going to be a, a lot of us just, you know, talking because we're all buddies and like this is what we do in our free time, so figured might as well record some of it. It's, at least it's interesting to us. Yeah. Um, and maybe some of you will find it entertaining. And you know, if, if I like listening to people tell hunting stories, I think it's fun. Um, but if you can glean any piece of what we will call quote unquote wisdom, <laughs> uh, or just you, you know that one thing that just gives you that edge, like. The number of times that people have made one simple comment that was the thing that changed how I did everything was, and the things I never considered, like we started discussing uh, what uh, kinetic energy of arrows. I'd never heard of that before. So suddenly, I got to do all this research and math and whatnot to figure out the kinetic energy of my bow and figure out what I can actually take with that thing, because. And then you bought a new bow. And then I bought a used bow. Well, a new to you bow. A new to me bow. Used. It would have been much less expensive if the string hadn't blown up. <laughs> so, <clears throat> James, lesson lesson for everybody. Much Definitely thoroughly <laughs> inspect your string, or it will slice the right down the well, middle. And also of your pay face. attention to the recalls on your equipment. Pay attention to a recall on a specific part on a very specific bow that was released six years before you bought it. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yep. But the people do do the, do buy the, the bow. Do the research. <laughs> um, yeah, that being said, guys, I hope you guys enjoy it. Um, it's going to be... It's going to be fun for us anyways, so hopefully, like Jed said, somebody... If one person... If one of you learns one thing from this and it makes you a more successful hunter, then it will validate the 14 hours we put into this already. And if you hear sounds like someone is being punched, it's because Ethan was about to start giving you grid coordinates to a specific <laughs> place where there is just huge bulls. No, just just message me on Instagram. I'll send you the onyx pen. He will. That's a real thing. You'd be surprised how far he will go. Well, all right. <coughs> um, that's what we are, guys. That's what we're about. And well, I guess we'll see you next time. Yeah, look forward to some more interesting stuff. Um, so we are sponsored, technically, um, but it's a company that I own and run out of my garage. So right now, Red Patch Outdoors makes modular hunting gear for all of your outdoor uses. Hunting, fishing, hiking, anything you can imagine. But it only makes enough for me and my friends and then... We're just testing it right now. Uh, but it's on Instagram if you want to check it out. Red Patch Outdoors. Um, website soon to come. Podcast first, though. That website. So. Mm-hmm.
right, thank you. Thank you.